UK Motor Talk. Well, hi everyone. How are you doing? This is UK Motor Talk. I'm Mike. I'm Jim. Hello. I'm Graham. Hello to you. And I'm Dave, I think. How are we? But about the same. I don't think too much has changed since the last time we spoke. No, well, I, I get a message from each of you every morning, in fact, now, which makes me feel loved. And then I realise what it is, is you guessing what the cars are on Cardle. Now, now, if you've played Wordle, you can probably guess where this is going, but would anyone care to explain? Uh, yes, well, there's, uh, it started off with Wordle, didn't it? And then there was Quirdle, which is uh, the same principle as Wordle, but it's four words, and every guess goes in each four. So you have to work out what four different words are in uh, in quite a short space of time. So it's extra hurdles? Yeah, that's it. It's uh, But this is Cardle, so you get a, a little snippet, a little picture, a, a, a tiny part of a car, and you have to try and identify it. And you think you get, uh, what is it, five or six goes at it? Five goes at it don't you and uh, if you don't get it it goes on to the next picture or you can uh, you can skip and, uh, and go on to the next one but it's uh, it's uh, it's quite good fun I mean, but it's always uh, disheartening when I wake up to the message from David and David hasn't got what the car is and I just always think well if David hasn't got it right then I've got absolutely no hope so I'll just give up now <laughs> um, but then occasionally there's a, it's, it's a wonderfully satisfying feeling when you get it right on the first go but when you've got it right on the first go and all you've had to go on is a door handle and a tiny bit of a rear three-quarter light, it's, it does make you feel quite geeky at the same time. But there's, uh, there's a couple that have annoyed me on, uh, on technicalities. I, uh, the Volvo Amazon that was on the other day, I'd put a P120 because I thought, well, that's the designation of it. So it's, you know, is, uh, is an E36 BMW the right answer when it should be a, a BMW 323? It's like, well, it's an E36, so it's both are correct. But, uh, yeah, ignoring the odd technicality, it's, uh, it's a great game, isn't it? I do like it. It does mm. make you feel very geeky. I've sort of stopped playing it because uh, I'm in awe of those that can play it. Uh, and well done, David and James, that uh, you seem to do very well at it. I find the cars are far too new for me. When we're looking at uh, cars that are only a few Post years war. old. Post-war. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which war would you like to pick out specifically? But, but I, 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 I just can't do it. So uh, I've given up on it, but I, I'm amazed by those who can do it. And congratulations. I was amazed I got today's, which was, and I don't think there's any spoilers anymore by the time this goes out, we'll be days away. I managed to get the Ferrari California, which I was quite pleasantly surprised by because I've got a major blind spot when it comes to modern Ferraris. I can't tell one apart from the other, apart from the really obvious ones. And the California, I suppose, is it's a bit different, isn't it? Because it's the alleged hairdressers one. Perhaps that's, perhaps that's why I got it, because I need the services of a hairdresser these days. I'd, I'd completely <laughs> forgotten about the California. I'd completely forgotten that existed. Uh, I think I was aware it existed when it came out, but it's, it's one of those guys, oh, have I missed that one? Did I know about that? Is you know, as I think as you get older, I think my brain is fairly full now. So anything new that I want to remember it has to push out something old and unimportant. <laughs> so maybe, um, yeah, maybe uh, something I learned in the last week or so has, has pushed out the Ferrari California. But now the Ferrari California is back in my head. I wonder what's fallen out of the other end. So I'll find out soon. I'm sure. James, welcome to senility. I'm uh, <laughs> getting used to it. Things constantly falling that's, out that's, of you. That's not good for uh, for me in my early twenties, is it? Some of them though are a bit uh, a, a bit trickier than you expect because they're a bit cheeky. I reckon there was one that was the Porsche nine five nine, 
It's quite a distinctive shape, but they've managed to trim the picture to make it extra difficult. So you're looking at it going, oh, it's definitely a Porsche, but which one is it? And you look at see, I had that with one. Yeah. And I, was, I was guessing just random Porsche numbers, and my last guess was 915, not knowing if a 915 existed or not. And it turns out it was a 914, which I also never knew existed. I think I got the 959 in one because there was enough of the big fat haunch at the back because that air intake is quite specific, isn't it, to those? And mm. it's very, what is quite funny is when you're playing this with other car geeks of a similar sort of geekery, shall we say, other people who also sport a cagoule when it comes to looking at cars, as you can see that they've they've got it on the obvious one that you got it on, you know, it's like two fails and ping, all three of you got it on the third mm. one and it was because of Wooden that sort of, the wooden gear knob on the Rover yeah. Rover 100 that they rebadged. I mean, this these little things like uh, what was it? There was the a uh, Montreal, uh, the Alpha Montreal oh, yes. with, the, with the slatted yes. headlight covers. I mean, that's mm. that's proper geekdom. That, but I mean, only the Montreal had that. So there you go. Yes, it's very good. It was the distinctive feature of the Montreal. It was lovely little things. Though. I might have actually guessed that one if I'd seen it. There you go. They should play. Join. There in. you are. Play, play along. It doesn't matter. I was looking at an RS2000 the other day thinking, oh, it's got the wrong side side strips compared to the fishnet Recaro headrests. <laughs> oh, my God. It's Are we the disease. kind of people that write into the likes of Life on Mars and go, well, I know it's a Cortina GXL, but it's got the wrong dashboard? Or things like this, you know. Are we the, Are we the people that would do that? I'm not sure we would. If we would be, write to us. Tell us. <laughs> I think we've uh, we found that recently with a couple of... Um... Uh, there seem to be police dramas uh, based in and around the Sussex coast because we had Cuffs a while ago that was based in and around Shoreham, Brighton, Worthing, uh, mm. which is uh, is our neck of the woods. And then you think, you know, but when they're involved in a high-speed pursuit and it seems to take them less than 10 seconds to get from the middle of Brighton or, you know, Brighton Marina to uh, just going over the Shoreham flyover, you think, that's a very high-speed pursuit. I, I never knew a Ford Ranger could do 200. 95 miles an hour <laughs> and then they seem to travel so fast at one point that when they start the high speed pursuit they uh, they get into a new shape mondeo but as they're driving along it, it becomes an old shape mondeo it does how long has this pursuit gone on that the police cutbacks have forced them to downgrade into an older model year mondeo and then but by the time they catch up with him they're in a new mondeo again i mean it's it's really 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 geeky but it's it's kind of obvious to me because it's not like, oh, yes, we've got five of these cars, they're prop cars, but they're all identical, and somebody forgot to swap a number plate or whatever it was. They, at some point, must have got out of one car, got in an entirely different car, which is completely different inside, and then carried on having the same conversation they were having in the old car. Did, did they not notice that when they were filming it? I might be responsible for this. And I'd just like to apologise to everyone now, because the reason why that car wasn't available was because I was driving the Mark IV Monteo at the time, which had the fake buttons and everything inside, because something had gone wrong with it and I had to fix it. So, ah. so when, when so, they were filming that particular one, I was the person was it, driving was it the other to, car. Was uh, to parts back order or something like that? The, uh, the inadequacy yes, it was. of the uh, UK automotive <laughs> supply chain has led to inconsistencies. Yes, it did. It did cause some continuity <laughs> errors in that particular episode. I know exactly the one you mean. And yes, I think I was responsible for it because I've, I've driven a lot of real police cars. I had to drive this fake police car, which looks like a real police car on the outside. But the on the inside had sort of fake buttons. It was really weird. Really weird. It looks convincing enough on camera, but really not. In, uh, in real life, but I think I might be indirectly responsible for that. Uh, so I just... <laughs> uh, 
Um, so I, I know exactly exactly what you mean. Yeah, a very frank admission. Well done for doing that. <laughs> you say about sort of them shortening distances in in the edit suite. I mean, anyone who lives in San Francisco and is familiar with the film Bullet will tell you that they mm. just basically go from one side of the city to the other in the blink of an eye, and it's complete. I mean, there's somebody I think on a website has plotted the actual route he would have taken, and it bears no resemblance whatsoever to what you see on screen. But I mean, who cares? It still looks fantastic. This is geek- that we can all enjoy it is and if if you want real geekery when it comes to police cars i inherited this from my father who in his long career served her majesty in certain areas of telecommunications for various departments and uh, every time a police car would come on a show or a fire engine would come and go that's the wrong radio in that and i still do it even now so <laughs> it's the wrong aerial it's the wrong police car and they're going oh yeah it's the metropolitan police that's not the metropolitan police they've given you the wrong sd1 there mate oh no the aerial wouldn't be there it'd be at the back of the roof rather than at the front and it's yeah thanks dad thanks for that <laughs> so if you would like to be bored to death we can do a special on this and let us know if you'd like us to do it or otherwise Take us to the pub and we'll talk to you about aerial locations, the wrong dashboards in Cortina GXLs and what different mark of Mondeo it is. We are at UK Motor Talk everywhere. Or send us an email to whatever it is at UK Motor Talk. Go to the website, market. Um, we'd like to be bored to death, please. And we know exactly what it is that you're talking about. <laughs> My name's Andy, Andy Woolhouse, part of the Mini Moke Club, and I'm driving a 1982 Australian Mini Moke. And we're here today at the Wings Museum. I've just spoken to someone about their Jeep. Is the Moke a shrunk-in-the-wash version? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, yeah, you could say that, more like a large go-kart. <laughs> you can have a, a road completely re- relayed and you'll feel every single <laughs> bump going along. Full driving experience. Full driving experience, <laughs> yeah. And no, no power steering, anything like that. Turning circle of the QE2. So <laughs> It sounds like you're not a fan. <laughs> oh, no, I love it to death. Let's just say a couple of years ago, we drove through France, Belgium, Germany, and we had 21 of us take the mokes around the Nürburgring 30-mile track. Is it designed for that? Oh, it's fantastic, yeah. <laughs> Wheels squeals and it is wonderful, a fantastic experience. A few years before that, we drove down to Portugal via Spain. And we went off-roading and that was, I'll never complain about a pothole in the UK again, <laughs> <laughs> seriously. <laughs> so now, you've, you've come down here today, it is a Sunday, but it doesn't sound like it's a Sunday-only car. No, um, drive it whenever you like. I mean, I've, I've got a full hood and side panels if, if the weather does get really bad. I used to be really precious about it. Um, I had it resprayed and the engine rebuilt. I was very precious, but then after a while, it's smoke. It's, you know, it's got to be driven. And they're fun. And, oh, it's fantastic fun. And wherever you go, people will stop and talk to you, want to get in. I mean, petrol stations traffic lights, car parks, wherever you like it. It's Does every journey take about three times longer than it should? <laughs> yes. Well, it's surprising how much information you can exchange at the traffic lights for 30 seconds. Yes. You know, I've had a guy stop and say, oh, I used to have one of those in South Africa, and da di da di da di da and off he goes. It's, it's incredible. So you say it's an Australian one. Do they differ in any way from the British ones, apart from presumably lasting a bit longer? Well, yes, uh, the English ones or the British ones... Um, Usually have eight fifty eight forty eight cc engine. Mm-hmm. They only have ten inch wheels. Very basic seats. Um, whereas the Aussie ones have thirteen inch wheels and very comfortable seats and a heater. But they were also made in Portugal as well. Oh. 
and the Portuguese put a 1098cc in it with 12-inch wheels, but it had the Australian body. Um, the Australian body is slightly different to the English body, unless you're a, a moke nerd. It's, it's, it's a bit difficult to actually explain it. Little differences. But they are, they're slightly longer, I think. And in fact, there is now a company in the UK making electric ones. Oh, wow. Um, but they also have things like power steering and all, all manner of modern things. They have to conform, you know, to, yeah. to today's standards. But. but they presumably weigh next to nothing, so electric power in that, it'd be very hard to stop it. Um, yeah, well, they only do about 65 miles range at the moment. Oh. Oh, oh, and the Chinese are making bodies for them, and if you get an ordinary old Mini, you can use it as a donor fit, um, put it on. Um, we call them chokes, not mokes, yes. <laughs> for obvious reasons. But presumably, if people have the enthusiasm for joining in, and you say you're part of these clubs and things, the enthusiasm is still obviously there. Oh yes, well I'm part of the Mini Moke Club, and we have members worldwide, we've got over 500 members, the majority in the UK, but when I say worldwide, it is I mean, everywhere, right across Europe, yeah. some Madagascar, I mean, obviously uh, America, it's everywhere. Uh, it's, it's fantastic, it's great fun. Yes, Mini Moke is back. Yeah, I mean, just, just looking at it, I'm, I'm not sure I get it, but I, then I've, I've said that about quite a few cars in the past. No, I just, I don't get it, you know, an, an MGB, I don't get it until we drove the... Uh, the reimagined MGB, and although it was uh, it was electric and, and the drivetrain was wonderful, just part of the fun was, oh, actually, I'm sat in this, and this is quite a nice thing. The, the propulsion was entertaining, but that was only a minor part of it. So uh, it's, I think it's one of those things that, that it could be dangerous. You drive it once and then think, I just have to have one of these. It's, uh, it's certainly a car you'd, you would end up buying with your heart much more than your head, isn't it? Because you look at it on paper and think, no way in the hell does that make any sense. But there's uh, there's plenty of cars like that, you know, Aerial Atoms, Caterham Sevens, things like that, that that make absolutely no sense on paper. If you go mad with a, uh, well, I think you don't even have to go mad with an Atom. They start at sort of 50, 60 grand these days. But if you go mad with a Caterham, you end up at 60 grand and the heater is optional, the windscreen is optional, but it's hilarious fun. So is uh, is the Mini Moke kind of the same thing, really? I think it's a nice thing that it exists. It's one of those things I'm glad it still exists. To see that somebody is putting it back into production and bringing it bang up to date with electric power, which will give you a top speed of 80 kilometres an hour and about 120 kilometres. What's that in old money? It's so Boris Johnson money. That's about, what, 90, 80, 90 miles, something like that. I think it's lovely that it's still going. I mean, obviously, it's designed for warmer climates than we have here. So it will go down a storm in its markets that it's looking at, sort of places like New Zealand and anywhere that's sort of in the Caribbean. They'll probably sell as many as they can make. And I very much hope so. But the fact that they exist, when you see one on the road, it's an event. They're not that common, really, are they? But when you do see one, you think, well, whoever's driving that, whilst they might be not the most comfortable, they're having fun. And that's the main thing. So whilst there are a few classic mokes still out there on the road, if you want a bright, shiny new one, like it's the 60s and everything, you can. For, well, I don't know, about £30,000, you can have an electric one, which looks like an awful lot of fun and is very now. Or you can have good old-fashioned dinosaur juice-flavoured one for slightly cheaper, but I think I'd probably have the electric one. But I think I'd prefer to live somewhere warmer to go and drive it personally, but each mm. to their own. You know, I, I think when it comes to me, as you know, I'm a massive fan, and I think perhaps... As we've said, these are a 
uh, really a, a heart overhead purchase and perhaps maybe even a little bit niche and i think they don't come any niche really than a mini moke um, and when you see people you've got to have a, a good sense of humor to drive one of these things from uh, london to brighton for example in the rain and uh, i've seen a, a few of these people that have been brave enough to go out in the, what could be called uh, tropical conditions i think it's fair to say and by tropical i mean tropical storm at london to brighton it, it takes a special breed of person i think to buy a mini moke and and god love them i, I appreciate that I'm, I'm a mini nut but to, to to go out with the roof and let's there's no sides so in, in most of them, so it's entirely pointless, really. And drive down a motorway and get fully soaked by everything else that's uh, that's coming past you, which is, generally speaking, if you're in a, in a, in a classic Mini, at least sort of shoulder height, uh, wheel-wise to you, uh, is, is pretty unique. But I think they're, they're pretty cool, don't you? Yeah, I can, I can see the attraction only if you live in the south of France or somewhere in Antigua, Barbados or somewhere like that. <laughs> I love a, of a similar sort of thinking, the... Uh... I saw another one for auction recently, the Fiat Gardiniera, I think it is. The one that has the woven basket roof, which is basically there, not to keep the rain off, because it's not going to do that at all, but it will, uh, or is intended to keep the sun off if you're uh, on your tropical island or somewhere in the south of France. Weren't they the um, the, the Jolly? Was that the Jolly? The, the Jolly they... was another one the same, yeah. There was a Renault and a Fiat Jolly, because uh, Wayne Carini often loves those. His Renault his Renault Jolly that he's uh, restoring and is always trying to sell at various auctions to rich people in the in Cape Cod or wherever it is or Pebble Beach. Yeah. We're sounding a bit jealous now. We're talking about people with their, their tropical islands here. Well, let's, let's face it, we, we all would fancy a bit of a, a tropical island or something similar. Uh, I, I always just reminded of the prisoner whenever I see this. And, and people of, of a certain age will probably remember the prisoner or people that uh, also in, enjoy recreational drugs will also probably <laughs> enjoy the prisoner because it makes much more sense, I'm sure, if you're off your face. Allegedly. The, the Moog, like like all the mini variants, I, I do very much enjoy. I really would be quite happy to do some distance in one just for the giggle of it. Uh, but like I say, it, it takes a special brave kind of character, I think, to to take one out in, in, in the rain. <laughs> and uh, And certainly you'd want to be pretty confident that it's going to be a hot day and remain a hot day all day uh, i think when you take one out electric or not as much fun as it would be you just take the uh, the bungs out of the floor so that the amount of rain coming in is equal to the amount of water going out and then you don't have a problem sounds like a good idea to me as long as that water goes nowhere near the electric you'll probably be all right yeah mm. i'm just i'm just looking at this now a moke go commando well yes you really take your life <laughs> in your own hands if you drive one of those if you go commando <laughs> Do you remember before cars commonly had air conditioning and you'd get into a car that had leather seats Ooh. and bits of you would just stick to it when it was hot yep. and you'd move forward and you get that sort of peeling noise away from it? I think uh, plastic seats are actually worse for that uh, of the mm. period because the, the, the leather might release you, the plastic didn't want to. Mm. And and certainly the, the leather seats now are... How do they describe it in the uh, in the marketing bounce checks notes? Vegan leather, which is just basically vegan. pether, isn't it? So we're going back to vinyl. Are we going to have a, an entirely new series of cars where you go, and if you have gone topless, just you just stick to it? Also, I wonder whether it's possible to have anything hotter than a car that's been sat in the sun with vinyl seats. Have you ever got into a car on the black vinyl? Uh, yes. A, uh, a metal gear knob, so I oh, yes. a factory fit mm. Puma 
mm. uh, Sport KA, that kind of thing. Or uh, in our boy racer days, as we always did, I swapped out the uh, whatever gear knob was in it for a metal item. Yeah, touching one of those on a roasting hot day was deeply unpleasant. I think I had the uh, the Momo logo sort of scarred into my hand, a bit like uh, Joe Pesci in Home Alone. You could just see the little uh, the little imprint of it for a couple of days afterwards. Maybe I've got to have some some surgery in the in the coming days on both my hands and both my arms. Maybe I should ask them to get creative if they're going to do something. What what do you reckon? We could have a certainly some of the manufacturer badges. Suzuki would be a relatively easy one, I reckon. Well, I think it's it needs to be sponsored, whatever it is. So if you're going to do this, then uh, try and get paid for it. Because there was that uh, there was that fad a little while ago was uh, oh you could have your car wrapped and and somebody would pay for it, so you'd be advertising a company. And, uh, and of course, I thought, oh, that'd be brilliant if you could get, you know, Sparco or Momo or somebody cool like that to sponsor you. That would be brilliant. You get fast and furious graphics on the car and get paid for it. Michael, what are, what are your initials? And, and um, wouldn't MG. that be the appropriate one to go yes. for the sponsorship? My, my mind has just run away with the idea of being able to pay to sponsor somebody's, somebody's car. And I'm just thinking that the possibilities you could have a Durex one or something, yeah, and you could done. have some. You could have their car wrapped. It would be terrible, wouldn't well, it? You could sponsor your mate's uh, car for inappropriate messages. Durex have uh, sponsored Formula One teams before, so they're uh, they're no stranger Indeed. to that. But I think just not long after up. Uh, sponsoring your car became a thing, then there was uh, companies who would sponsor people to get tattoos as well, wouldn't they? So you'd have whatever brand it was tattoos. Oh yes, temporary tattoos. Uh, you yeah, get paid for that, but. Uh, no, no, real ones. Real, real tattoos. tattoos. Yeah. So if uh, if if you're going to get some artistic scarring on your body, then uh, then you certainly want to make sure you get paid for it, don't you? Uh, do you, do you the, the, the possibility of things going terribly wrong. You know. Well, either oh, way, if you're going to get tattoos, surely you want a, a sponsor that's prepared to enter into a lifetime contract. <laughs> so not Durex. Buy me and stop one. Yes, I yes, use them atop water bottles, I believe. They also use them for putting over the end of rifles to stop the sand getting in them during the Gulf War. Yes. That was the only thing that was going to make the SA-80 work, was keeping the sand out of them. Mm. When I did first book, I can remember discussing with uh, the publisher whether I should include uh, the SAS tip if you were stranded uh, somewhere of uh, peeing into the spare condom uh, and then using it to keep you warm in the desert nights. The publisher decided not. All right, Bear Grylls, calm down. <laughs> I noted today on, a, on my return journey from where I had lunch the um, clearly uh, lacking in aerodynamics transit van that seemed to have managed to miss the T-junction was upside down across the other side of the road in the hedge. So uh, clearly they don't fly too well. Well, you say that. I saw a Dawson news van once entirely in a tree. I managed to, to, to leave the A27 and must have been a good 15 foot up. And I have no idea how that happened. I suspect if I was the manager, I'd probably be more impressed than angry that he managed to get it so high up in the tree. I've seen that once where uh, many, many years ago when I was driving to, to college in Reading. Uh, so it's an awful long time ago. It was a very, very snowy day. There was virtually no vehicles on the road. But there was one. I can't remember what the car was. But that was uh, up in a tree, probably six, eight feet off the ground. And the wheels were still going round. So it hadn't been there long. It wasn't a Morgan, was it, by any chance? Just maybe they're sort of grown rather than built. <laughs> one with That's the tree. The, the affinity for the wood. No, I, I, I drove from uh, Andover to Reading, uh, in an appalling uh, snowstorm, uh, only to be told by the uh, head of department when I got there, what the hell are you doing here? 
the guys that live in Reading haven't turned in because it's so bad. But I enjoyed the, the drive. It just took me five hours for the round trip. We should have taken an hour. I'm not allowed to comment on long drives. It took me <laughs> nine, and a, nine and a half hours to get back from North Wales to the, uh, to the south coast. Just on that, when, when you got to the, uh, the Welsh-English border then, did you turn left by mistake? Oh, no. no. Hang on. I've, I've hit the Scottish borders. Because I, when I drove back from Scotland the other day, which is even more abroad than Wales is, it didn't take me that long. And I had to stop for a kick twice. Well, you see, now, there are two, the three things, actually. First of which is that there is a really quite pregnant wife in, in the car as well. This is quite uncomfortable. Need to stop. So perhaps There's, you should have been sponsored by Durex. Maybe. A three-year-old. So maybe this is this is uh, adding to your argument here, perhaps, who really wasn't keen on, on being in the car. Uh, or indeed, when you're asking, do you need to go to the toilet? No. Straight past the junction. I need a wee. Right, do you need a wee? I need a wee now. Great. Stop mm. there, Daddy. No, I'm not stopping on the hard shoulder. We're going to the next services. Uh, did you realise that's 30, 30 miles away? Why is nobody listening to me? Yes, I did know it was 30 miles away. I did offer to stop about two minutes ago, but no, no one wanted to stop. So now we're going to have to be sitting in a puddle of our own pee whilst we're driving an SUV along a motorway till we stop at the next one and you decide you don't need to go to the toilet again. That's pretty much what happened uh, for every service between North Wales and Brighton. Uh, there are a lot of service stations, a lot of service stations, some better than, than, than others. Nine and a half hours. Sounds familiar. We, we promised it would be catheters next time unless something was done. And uh, that did seem to sort things out. But uh, yes, I know exactly what you mean. Are you absolutely certain you don't need the toilet? I'm fine. I'm fine. I don't need the toilet. Literally, you can see the junction receding in your rearview mirror. Can we stop? I really need a wee. Fuck. No. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yes, we've all been there. And I know exactly what. Yes. But I think I think you should have been slightly more militaristic in your uh, leaving, in your departure time planning. So I think you wanted to hit the road at, what, five, six o'clock in the morning, didn't you? And five you ended in the morning, up leaving yes. at what time? Twelve o'clock in the afternoon. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, we did. I, I can see how the argument's going to go next time, the conversation. I know, kids, we're going to read a, a slightly more brutal version of the tale of Gloucester. Instead of yellow taffeta, it's yellow catheter. Now, right, we're not stopping again. Let's Let's carry on going. Right, get the bottles out. Sadly, both of my kids on long journeys mastered the art of projectile vomiting. And uh, while you can take the uh, the bungs out of the floor, as I was suggesting earlier, to let the urine out, you can't necessarily do that with vomit. It's horrible. Well, oh. though, to be fair, if, uh, if you did that journey in a mini moke, then uh, just the natural aerodynamics of the thing would force everything straight out <laughs> the back. Wouldn't? See, that, I, I, I don't know if anyone wants to hear this. But uh, I don't tolerate people being sick in my car. It's just not going to happen. And I've always had the rule, if you're in my car, that's what you pay to get it cleaned. Now, some years ago, I had a black Fiesta. It was my baby, this thing. It was a lovely thing, sporty. It had all the like, body kit on it from the factory. It was really you know, a nice thing. It was my pride and joy. And I had, for some reason, agreed to drive to the staff Christmas do. The warehouse lad, it just recently turned 18. And so one of the girls thought it'd be hilarious to just keep giving him drinks and giving him drinks and giving him drinks. And we were driving back home and he had a lovely big house. His mum had an RS Focus, actually, I seem to remember. Anyway, driving along the road, and all of a sudden he was asleep and he sort of coughed. I thought, that's weird. And then I realised it wasn't a cough. 
And then he just projectile vomited. And I slammed on the brakes, which made things worse. And there was turkey and carrots. There's always carrots, regardless of whether you've eaten them or not. And it's, not a, it's not carrots. That's a stomach lining. Oh, God. And it went... Uh, it, I, I braked hard. It went straight into the windscreen. Went down the windscreen into the air vents at the top. The dash... I had an airbag atop the dashboard. Went in round the channel around the airbag and ran down. He filled the door bins. Had like a, a waffle seat. He got out of the car and went, oh, Gates, I'm so sorry because I really like you. And he took his coat off and proceeded then to rub it into the seats and everywhere else. And, oh, my God, I, I drove him home and opened both doors and discovered he'd had his, his parents had a, a pressure washer just inside their garage and pressure washed from one side of my car out to the other on his driveway. His sister came out, his brother-in-law came out, it turned out I went to school with, and he'd gone inside to be sick with the puddles coming out underneath the door the bathroom door it was just an absolute disaster and since then no 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 no. never drive to a star christmas do no one's allowed to be taking my car we're stopping i don't care where it is no i had a very similar uh, a similar thing in my first car a mark ii goal somebody had thrown up in the back of it but that was that was the last time i gave somebody a black eye was after that <laughs> it, was a, it was a very good punch but uh, I found, yeah, the, the next day I'd, I'd cleaned it up when I got home as best I could and thought, well, I'll, I'll do some more in the morning when I can see. And, uh, and the next day it was the middle of, uh, middle of the heat wave where uh, oh. Sussex had a hotter temperature than Acapulco at the time, which was mid-30s. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the, uh, the car with no air conditioning on a hot, sunny day, oh. it's, uh, it's a million times worse with, uh, with 12-hour-old vomit in the back of it. That took a lot of scrubbing to get out, but uh, Auto Glim, uh, Auto Glim, got the uh, got the smell out completely. It was fantastic, and it was my uh, go to air freshener after that. Wonderful. See, or, or, uh, I used the same stuff, and I was always wondering because I always called it Auto Glim. Was it supposed to be Auto Gleam? Because no one ever called it that. No, it was Auto Glim. Well, I just, I've always called it that. I was thinking Auto Gleam would make more sense, wouldn't it? If you think about it, probably registered by somebody else. Well, unlike most of the place names in the uh, in the part of the country where you've just visited, and uh, and unlike the Irish convention <laughs> of spelling their names, I tend to stick to the vague convention of pronounce things according to the letters that are in the word in the order that they're in the word. So, for example, it is Landudno as opposed to Landudno <laughs> because it's an L which is pronounced L. Well, to all our Welsh listeners, join uh, <laughs> the show. That's it. From Pontypris to Tanny Belch. No, hang on, it's not that. Almost as unpleasant a smell as uh, as vomit is is milk. I can remember mm. I had a Mark II Cortina GT, and I drove it back from the dairy that uh, I'd picked the milk up from, and dropped a gallon can of milk, which emptied itself into gallon? the front well. A gallon. A, a gallon and of like, milk. I, I, I had a job at the time where I got a free gallon of milk every day. And I had two young kids, so that, that was fine. It, it didn't last. But anyway. What did you do? Bathe them in it or something? There's a lot of milk. Graham, who, uh, who still has all his own teeth and has never broken a bone in his body. In fact, the last time he got hit by a car, it was a Volvo, and the Volvo was a right <laughs> Bounced off. You it's are unbreakable. Pat and I claim my five pounds. I can't claim <laughs> either of those things, all my teeth or any, anything unbroken. But um, I cleaned this car and cleaned this car and i took all the seats out and i took it basically everything out all the door cards and the carpets and so on uh and in the end i just sold the car i, I just couldn't <laughs> get the smell out so i sold the car and i sold it at a huge loss because i had to say to the guy first thing he said was what's that smell 
I had to tell him the story. Never mind what that is. <laughs> it's the body Move in along. the boot. Yeah, exactly. I've <laughs> lost the key to the boot. What can I say? It's 50 quid. Take it or leave it. You need a crime scene cleaner or something to go in there and really do it properly. Because apparently they do work wonders. I did know someone who knew someone who knew someone who did. Oh, here's the story. It was definitely well, no, you, no. wasn't it? Well, it was no, it wasn't. I wish it was. I genuinely <laughs> was it, wish was, it was. Was this your mate Ronnie, whose brother Reggie <laughs> knew somebody who knew somebody? Stan the Stabber. Oh, we're back on Alan Partridge again. Dan the Dagger Man from Dagenham. No, somebody I used to know was a crime scene photographer for one of the, she was she didn't work for the police, but was employed to do crime scene photography uh, of the the overall scene. And she knew someone who was the cleaner. And she said, some of the stuff they use is absolutely remarkable. She goes, I've seen things that basically look like a charnel house. And uh, when they finished, it smells newer than a Barrett home, freshly minted, you're the first person with the keys. It's quite remarkable what they have. Well, there's been a few classic runs. Brighton's obviously the popular destination on Madeira Drive is where a lot of them end up. And uh, one that happened recently was the classic run that my mate Rob, Rob Smith, went down in. Hello, Rob, if you're listening. Uh, He is the proud owner of a very, very authentic beetle. uh, He's a beetle. He's, He's a big big fan of the films as anyone who knows him will <laughs> will know very well and uh, he he did the run down there from uh, i think it was from brooklands wasn't it set off from brooklands and uh, stopped off at various places one being the wings museum which we all know and love and uh, there's a video has gone up on our youtube channel just search uk most talk on the youtube and you can see some of the cars that stopped off there on the way down to the coast it's uh, it's quite an eclectic mix definitely an eclectic mix and if you're into the sort of stuff that we're into um so the sort of retro interesting bits and pieces i mean there's a whole mix there to be fair i saw sierra cosworth there's a an e30 325i which is probably the best of of, of the convertibles of that era i would say certainly four seat convertibles um then have a look at our youtube channel so we are at uk motor talk pretty much everywhere uk motor talk on youtube of course so have a look check out our videos and yeah i guess we will see you next time so from me mike that's goodbye from me jim goodbye from me graham goodbye and from me dave take care speak to you next time uk motor talk a first take media production